0: Welcome to New Pod, New Pod, New Pod, New Pod, presented by NotFest.com, Primer fifty five bassist Joshua Toomey and War Machine merch mastermind Roe Coley bring you a weekly dose of all things new. I Album deep dives, news, interviews. This is New Pod. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of
1: New Pod here on Notfest.com. As always, I am Joshua Toomey, and that is Ro Coley. Welcome him back from uh, San Diego Comic-Con, man. Ro, how you been?
2: Oh, man, I'm tired. <laughs> that was a long, long show this year. It uh, it was interesting, man.
1: Well, well, let's kind of dive into it on, on the side of, uh, you know, the the actors strike and everything else. So where there... there were there a ton of people there? Was it were you could, could you tell a difference there this year? Is everything going on around it?
2: Okay. So, uh, um- to to answer it's really a yes and no kind of situation yes it was very obvious that there was a lack of a lot of things because of the actor strike um places like uh comedy central usually have huge installations hbo uh netflix always have huge huge installations and and just just huge like uh productions outside yeah. of the convention center you know whether it's like hotel like just huge banners that go down the hotel you know down the outside of the hotel yeah. or whatever paramount plus had a lot of it uh for a lot of their shows but everybody else's and and um uh cartoon network adult swim had some stuff uh but that was really it so that was kind of like a very muted uh, uh um, kind of feeling there um you had some places that had some good stuff that had nothing to do with the actor strike so like peanuts you know there was like a huge snoopy installation and you know <laughs> stuff like that so it's like you know, just certain a- aspects of it that that were kind that were kind of cool like that um but you could definitely tell that like i, I at least I felt that there was less people outside because usually that's that's a Just as big a uh, an attraction for people who can't get into the show, that they can at least party on the outside and be with all the cosplayers. And there's like parties, and just like you know, you'll you'll just be walking downtown, and it's like, oh fuck, there's John Favreau, or oh man, there's fucking Keanu Reeves is just hanging out there, smoking a cigarette, whatever (laughs) it might be, you know. So there was there was just that lack of of that feeling. And then same thing, there's a there's a huge hall called Hall H, which is where uh, Marvel and Netflix and all of them like really do their big reveals, and yeah, you know, Kevin Feige. From Marvel comes out, and all the actors come out, and everybody's excited. It's a crazy kind of thing. Um, and usually, it's like the lines are just like they set up for like almost like Six Flags, like amusement park lines, right. just up and down. It's people bringing um, uh, uh, inflatable mattresses and just like all that kind of stuff, like literally camping <laughs> out. And so, and that was just empty. Wow. So it was kind of weird when you're just kind of walking around, and you're like, normally, this place is like non stop people and things and just all this stuff. And it was just very kind of muted in that regard. However, on the flip side of it, it meant that more people were actually inside the convention center. Okay. So not as many people waiting in line and whatnot. So you had everybody sort of in the convention center. So it definitely had, like, I wasn't sure if like people were just not going to show up or, you know, whatever, but I find that with Comic-Con, it's a, it's an international event. So you get people who are just excited to be there. We had people at my booth from Mexico, Peru, Argentina, uh, Brazil, Australia, Japan, Switzerland, Finland. I mean, and so they're kind of like, it's comic-con like this is what i based my whole vacation on so right. I, they're coming no matter what and they're coming with their money and they want to have the comic-con experience however they can have it and so you still got i mean there was still plenty of artists there there were still plenty of signings uh it was just you know it very much you definitely did feel that lack of actors and actresses and studio executives and da. you know especially when we did like some of the kind of the after events you know normally you'd have like oh netflix is putting on this whole thing and it's an open bar and all these people are good you know and there was definitely a very much of a lack of that but on the booth level you know we we still did really well as a ton of people you know uh i mean that part of i think that part of it is whether the actors are involved or not I think that's what it showed was that even without the Hollywood angle of Comic Con, yeah. a lot of people talk down about, like, mm-hmm. oh, Comic Con was cool back before Hollywood got involved, it was still cool. So with so, Hollywood, it's cool. Without Hollywood, it still works.
1: So were there still like the random actor signings, you know, like the classic actors, you know, Eddie Munster, you know, like the those type dudes that are always at those signings, were those kind of people still there? Or yeah the, it everybody seemed, was kind it, of done? it seemed
2: like it. Like there was uh I mean just But more in the vein of um, promoting something that didn't have to do with TV. So let's just say, hypothetically speaking, it would be like – I'll use your Eddie Munster thing. Like if Eddie Munster would be signing at a booth that was doing a Munster comic. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? so it was kind of more along those lines where it's like maybe they would – like, uh, for instance – Mike Mcnola, okay, Mcnola. How are you pronounce his name? You know, I know that he probably supports strikes and everything, but he's still promoting Hellboy, right. the comic book. You know, so you still had a lot of that. Like Todd McFarlane was there signing. You know, like you still had these people who are very much tied into Hollywood in some way, shape, or form. Were still there. You know, and still a part of it. And I think people still reacted very favorably to that. And then okay. to to kind of go to the next point, like we had Lacuna Coil side in my booth. Right. And uh, it, they were actually there for another booth called Simon C-M-O-N, that does, like, uh, little miniatures and role-playing kind of games, you know, uh, almost like World of uh, – not World of Warcraft, excuse me, like Warhammer, that kind of thing, okay. or, like, Hero Clicks and things. Uh, and so they had made Lacuna Coil into some of their characters, which was really cool. And then they released a uh, sort of, like, a, com- a complimentary comic book with it and all these kind of things. But they had Lacuna Coil signing at their booth, like, four different signings you know so when they were like i was like hey you guys should sign at my booth uh i i was like well if you're doing four signings there you know why would people show up to my booth right for yet another so we decided to do custom uh uh pop figures of each of the three people in lacuna coil of uh, uh marco christina and andrea and um, and then we did a, uh, an exclusive poster, which was on like cardstock, you know, so it wasn't just like a regular handout poster. You usually get, it was a real nice stiff poster and it was the cover of the comic book. Um, so, and then we made a uh, lacuna called trading cards. Nice, which was really cool. So everybody got a trade. Everybody got a set of trading cards for free, and the band signed those. And the we charged uh, like twenty bucks for the poster. And the band signed those, and then the figure. The the figures since we only made five of each person were three hundred dollars each, wow. and uh, we are almost sold out of those. So we're going to be putting. Uh, I have to still talk to the band and everything about how we're going to do this, but we're probably going to put it uh, like advertise it on their website kind of put it in my ebay store and sort of do it like that so it's just easier on shipping and everybody can right. kind of get what they want so yeah so i mean but the cool thing was that i'd say about 80 or 90 people showed up for the lacuna for Hour, lacuna quality signing which i was really blown away by again because they had four other signings you would think Right. It's really gonna show up. But you know, when when people got there, everyone was really happy They were stoked about the poster, they were stoked about and we only did two hundred and fifty posters, so they were stoked about all of it. So it was and then we played their new song, Never Dawn, uh, which was which is a great track. If you haven't listened to it, definitely check that out. It's a great song, uh, which they did in conjunction with the game that they're a part of. And then uh, we were all talking about how um me and my wife Bick are gonna be going on the headbangers bo- uh headbangers boat
1: okay, in October. Okay, okay
2: at the end of October and Lacuna Coil is doing that too so they're going to be doing a short uh, southeast tour
1: yeah they will be coming here yes
2: yeah and I'm, I'm, I'm bummed that I, like we're going to be in Miami and everywhere they're playing is like at least five hours six hours away from Miami so I'm, right. I wish we could go to see one of these shows but we will see them on the boat though but yeah they're playing with uh, Lions at the Gate and Fear, Fear Factory. Factory
1: yeah it's going to be a good time
2: yeah, um, a, a couple of shows with God forbid yeah. taking over for Fear Factory. But yeah, that's it's going to be a great show.
1: Now, did you see the one musician that uh, that you had to see at uh, San Diego Comic-Con? And that is Glenn Benton. I didn't. <laughs> so
0: because we
2: were so busy at my booth. Yeah. I very, very rarely got to leave. And uh, I really wanted to see him. Uh, a, I'm a huge DSI fan. Yeah, uh, me too. B, back in the day when I was just an intern, a lowly, lowly intern at Roadrunner, uh, I got to re- i got to write the bio for Serpents of the Light. Nice. So that was always a big deal for me. And then uh, during the Roadrunner United concert in New York. Uh, I was one of the production people. And uh, so I had to deal. I was kind of the artist wrangler. So just dealing with him, working with him, talking to him. He was just, he's just a super cool dude. Um, yeah. I was actually just talking to their label about like how, how cool it would be if we could do um, a Glenn Benton custom pop. I think that would be really fun, you know, yeah, like that would t- be fun. Do like ten of them, and just I, I said I was like, he should sign them in his own blood. I think that'd be super amazing, like just something really off the wall. But uh, but yeah, that was the only thing. I, I wish I could have gotten to see. Uh, I wish I could have gotten to see DSI. But uh, but like I said, this year was kind of a weird mixed bag of a year. I, I felt <laughs> like there was a lot of trepidation and, and hesitation on a, on the part of a lot of people to really put their put resources into it. You know, we were going to a lot of companies saying, hey, have your band sign in my booth, and da da da, we'll do this and we'll do that and they were like yeah I and i was like it's kind of weird because now it's like in in hindsight i'm like man this would have been a great time for music to have really made an impact at comic-con because there were no actors and actresses right. to distract people
1: from it were know? there other bands signing other than lacuna nope. coil and glenn benton that was the two just us just us and them wow yeah, yeah. there's only there's only three
2: booths that deal with music at okay at Comic-Con, my booth, the War Machine merch booth, um, Stern Pinball, who had Aussie mm-hmm. last year, which was a huge, huge hit. Uh, and with Stern, they have uh, uh, two of my friends, uh, Gerardo Martinez, who's now at RPM uh, Records, um, who just signed uh, DSI. He's there. And then his brother's company, uh, Republic Rebellion. Rebellion Republic Republic Rebellion. It's one of the two. I'm always always it up,
0: <laughs> right? Uh,
2: even though I make merch for them too, uh, so they were there because they they do. They're going to be doing. Uh, they do a lot of different bands merch, like Arch Enemy and stuff like that. Joey Jordison's merch. They do. Um, they had a sick, sick Joey Jordison print, jo- Josh. If you are a Joey fan, you've got to see if you can find it, or I'll, I'll see if I can yeah least. definitely I'll figure out how to get you one because i don't have the room for it at my house but man this thing was so dope it was a screen <laughs> poster it was him with the crown of thorns
1: oh yeah yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, all hope is gone i think and uh, uh uh just it's just a really cool 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 fo- uh just print so yeah they had them and like oh twin temple also signed
1: oh yeah uh, i saw them too yeah yeah the um yeah huh? got a shout out jody dinkberg from uh yeah. pinball you know friend of the show <laughs> friend of ours, he is, he's family over here. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, it's kind you. of keeping a, a new metal adjacent, man. Did you see, um, you know, how many, how many, you know, Lincoln Park shirts? You know, uh, that, oh, that's a really good slip knot shirts, anything you know, how uh, much new metal sure. did you see there?
2: Let's see. Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I mean, obviously, we had Lacuna Coil, so there was a fair amount of Lacuna Coil shirts there. Um, typically, what I usually and, and here's the weird thing. This year, what I saw more of were mashup shirts. Okay, so it would be like, um, uh, let me think of one that I saw, like Freddy Krueger, and it says slasher, but it's a slasher of the Slayer logo, right? You know, so it was a lot of that kind of kind of sort of thing where we saw like the Mandalorian, but it was written in Metallica logo, lettering, that kind of thing. Uh, otherwise, we I mean, saw I saw you know Slipknot shirts and a few things here and there, but overall, not super metal shirt heavy this year. Um, again, because Glenn Benton was signing, you know, there was a handful of, you know, uh, death metal shirts or whatnot. Um, I did, I did see like a, what looked like a 12 or 13 year old girl wearing a cannibal Corpse shirt, which I was like. It, it filled me with a weird sense of pride and worry at the same time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it was just like, "I'm concerned for her, but right on." You like Cannibal Corpse, but
1: did you have any desire to be like name three songs? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs>
2: oh, actually, um, not not on that point. But we also saw Brian Posehn uh, live. Nice. He, oh, yeah. he, did, he did a, uh, a little, a set at, uh, at the American comedy club, uh, American comedy company, excuse me, in San Diego. And that was actually, that was really cool. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was, it was interesting, but very muted this year, you know, it, uh, it felt like, uh, somebody re- you know, like, like, it was just muffled yeah. that's really the best word i can use for it you can hear it but you can definitely tell it's not as crisp and clear as you wanted it to be and i'm just hoping that by next year the strikes are over everyone can get back to doing what they do and next year you know you know when they announce stuff it'll really really have the impact that everyone yeah. wants and to be honest with you last year when we did it you know we were coming off of a year and a half almost two years of a pandemic Right. So last year when people came, they were like foaming at the mouth for stuff. Like they just <laughs> right. wanted, like they it was like the best way to describe it. It was like uh, you ever see World War Z when all the zombies are like fighting oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. each other to get to the helicopter. That's kind of what it was like. You know, it was just like everybody was so excited to be there, and we didn't know how it was going to be if it was going to be dead or packed or whatever. And everyone was just rabid for it. And so now with this year, it's almost like. Now it's a little it. it it's kind of interesting. It's almost like tapered mm-hmm. off, and then I think next year if it goes good again, it'll be this huge World War Z kind of thing again, where everyone's stoked again to do it. You know, so I, I think this whole writer strike thing was kind of a blessing and a curse all at the same time. Um, but in the end, man, if you can make it out to San Diego Comic Con, man, please come out. And if you come out, Josh. I got a badge for you, no problem.
1: <laughs> I was about to say, if you if you come out, you're going to work. Yeah. Right. Uh, it, it was, it was speaking on that, man, it's funny. You know, last week you you took it. You took the week off, and Matt Nas from Roach Coach stepped yeah. up, and, and a huge shout out, shout out, Matt Nas. The main thing was was we couldn't coordinate because you had to be there so early, and it's funny. You're like, I got to be there to to set up, and I'm like what do you got to set up? You got to throw out a couple of pops and everything else. And then I saw the photos. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like these <laughs> gigantic racks of just, you know, uh, merchandise on merchandise. I was like, all right, I, yeah. I stand corrected.
2: Yeah. That's, that's why I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, people always come up to me and they go, Hey dude, I
1: hope you out with your booth.
2: And I'm like, man, you have no idea what you're even talking about. Right. <laughs> Cause everybody, that's the thing is that unless you've been there or unless you've had to work a booth in some regard, uh, a, a decent size one, no less. You know, it's like people have a garage sale mentality of it where you're like, yeah, just put stuff on tables and right, people do things. And it's like, oh, man, I, I wish it was like that. It's, you know, I think the the best the best exam, the best comparison I could give, it would be the equivalent of trying to have a lemonade stand in the middle of a mosh pit. It's it's you're trying to. Deal with people, try to not have them wreck your shit, try to right. sell people stuff and try to keep a good composure, yet still watch your back and make sure nobody's stealing your shit.
1: Nobody's stealing kids aren't like, hey, look at this, <laughs> you know, like woo.
2: I have a sign literally at my booth that says you break it, you buy six.
0: <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny when parents see that, they're like, Okay, officially, stay the fuck away, kids. You know, like they they really put their kids in check when I when I when I really show them that. You know, but again, it was, it was good for what it was. Um, I hope more labels uh, really come to me and and really want to be a part of it next year. Yeah. I do think they missed out, but there is next year and next year can be great. Um, And I I hope, you know, labels like metal blade and and a lot of labels I talked to really come, come back to the fold because this would, this could have been a really awesome one. It was just good, but it could have been really amazing, but I hope next year will be, so that's that's my review of Comic-Con, man. Lots no, of people. That sounded
1: like a blast.
2: It, it was, man. I always tell people it's the most work you'll put into having fun. It's really what it is, you know. But, uh, but yeah, it is, it is a good time. It's just overwhelming. When people, like, when uh, the Lacuna Coil uh, 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 guys and girl were there, you could tell they were like, oh, um, like, we didn't quite expect this, <laughs> you know. Nice. Um, but it was cool, though. They were telling me about one they have in, in Italy that they just did where it's literally a town, an entire town that okay. is walled off. It's like an old, I mean, town from like whatever, like the 1500s or whatever. And they have their big Italy Italian Comic Con in this town. So all the stores in the town are all carrying stuff. It's like the whole town just hmm. become Comic Con, you know, or an Italian Comic Con. So they were like... Okay they were a little like oh like we weren't expecting it to be in this big like warehouse convention center thing cuz they're so used to it just being in this almost renaissance fairish kind of vibe <laughs> nice. you know and for here it's like no concrete floors and concrete walls you know so that was, and lights yeah so that was kind of like they were they were like oh all right like we weren't expecting that but they they definitely had a good time and just roaming and spending money <laughs> nice. i spent a lot of money in my movies they were like how much is this how much is this yeah. all
1: right let's dive into the uh the oh, not the fast bracket. new metal bracket challenge we're down to the final bracket. two and i think if i'm not mistaken by the time this episode is out the the bracket challenge will be over but it's kind of already over uh so with uh let's see here 38,820 votes to 23,937 oh, votes. Significant. Evanescence Fallen is beating System of a Down Toxicity.
2: Really? I, that's, uh, Color me brown and shocked.
1: <laughs> now, there has been some uh, talk about, not necessarily rigged, so you can, you can, you can vote more than once.
0: Stop this.
1: <laughs> so there, there, some of the people that are commenting in the, uh, on the, on the Instagram and on the Facebook page, they are, they are calling, uh, they're, they're saying the Evanescence fans are rigging this challenge. So.
2: You know what? Here's the way I look at it is in either way, it's not like whoever wins, wins this thing. You know, right. they don't they don't win the award for most prestigious new metal band ever in the history of rock and roll. Like
1: I thought that's what this was. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> We're gonna crown them. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but that's kind of it. It's like that's why it's like all right, if it is evanescence versus system, then then so be it. But I don't think that doesn't necessarily mean that system now is some lesser band because of it, you know. It's like, no, just there's people who voted, people who didn't, and this is how it came out. But you know, I think we all can look at all of the bands in each of the brackets and go, "Fuck yeah, that record was fucking great." Yet yeah, that record's fucking great. That record's fucking great. So I don't, I don't. You know, as as fun as the bracket challenge is, yeah. You know, if people had money on it, that would be a different story.
1: <laughs> I, I will know. say that that since this bracket challenge has gone on, that I've been in the car twice. And two separate songs from Fallen have come on the radio, and I'm like, man, this really isn't that bad either. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, I, I can see why people are into it, and, and you know maybe look back on it fondly. I just love System of a Down, and Toxicity is a great record, but the uh, the Fallen record, not that bad, but uh, still, I mean, you, I, I've seen so many people just arguing that they're, you know, Evanescence is not new metal just cuz they had a rappy guy on the one song doesn't make them new metal i mean people right. are people are upset about this whole, uh, about this whole bracket challenge
2: Well again, if they lost money, that would make sense. If they were like, yo, like I got I got, you know, Camera beating out whatever
1: by a hundred on Camaro.
2: Then I'd be like, all right, that sucks for you, dude. You know, but like but I mean that's kind of it. I think it's just, you know, this this is just a fun, almost like a gentleman's bet kind of thing, you know. I don't think it determines the the you know the way the world works by any means, you know. It's it's fun and okay, cool. Evanescence came out, man. Go Evanescence, you know, it's not my cup of tea per se but after seeing them at Sick New World I was definitely like I get it I absolutely get why their fans feel this way and why they're intense you know why they're they have the intensity they do can't argue that you know Um, but System of a Down fans are just as tenacious and have just as much you know sway and everything like that and neither of them are wrong you know I think that's the way to look at it really nobody's wrong we're all winners
1: (laughs) everybody just love each other
2: yeah Come on,
1: because seriously, uh, to,
2: pit, to pit to pit records like Kamira against like whatever like around the fur, it's like oh come
1: on, <laughs> really?
2: Like, yeah.
0: really? That's
2: that's like asking which one of my fingers I want to keep. It's right. like it's not a fair thing to ask anybody. So, but
1: w- which ones would you keep? Yeah, just the pinkies. <laughs> just I would just all pinkies, all pinkies.
0: All, pinkies. Um, all pinkies,
1: We have a band coming up. Uh, we should tell this on the at the beginning, but uh, a band called A Way Out. Uh, a couple of songs out, kind of the new, new, new metal kind of coming out. Uh, interview with uh, with them coming up soon. But uh, you you went to a show recently, and I I told my wife about it, and she was like, "Man, that sounds awesome!" So, so kind of talk about the uh, the show you went and saw recently.
2: So we saw yesterday, literally last night, Cypress Hill in San Diego playing all of their second record, Black Sunday with a with the San Diego uh, Orchestra. Nice. And let me just tell you something, man. A, Black Sunday is my favorite Cypress Hill record. Like, it's I, in my opinion, it would be one of my uh, uh, Desert Island records. Uh, I love that record. I, f- like, worship that record. Uh, what The first album, actually, the first rap album I saw with what I thought was a death metal cover, I was like, I didn't realize it was Cypress Hill. Yeah, Carlton. I could see but, that. Uh, yeah, it's like all skulls and crazy shit, and I just didn't realize – I didn't know that that was Cypress Hill. I'd never seen any any hip-hop artist do what I would have considered at the time, especially a metal record album cover like that, you know? Um, and it was awesome because Send Dog and B-Real came out, and they were in Suits – you know, and it was – and, and uh, my, my my boy uh, Christian Oldie Wobblers from uh, uh, Fear Factory and Violence now was mm-hmm. playing bass. He played stand-up bass and regular bass. Oh, that's awesome. And he, dude, and I didn't realize it was him because of where, where our seats were. I couldn't really tell that that was him. But I just kept going, man, this fucking bass player is really killing it. Like he was just nailing all the Cypress Hill bass lines and everything. And just doing the the, the stand up base, which I didn't even know he could do, um, and just seeing him up there. And I, I, I mean, I, I meet him go way back, but like that, I, I was I when he, when they announced him at the very end of the show, I was just I was on my feet. I was like, oh my! Like it was like the best surprise ever. Um, nice. But man, it was just with the with the orchestra and everything. It was just it was it was so good. It was just so good and so you know, it, 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 and it was funny too because he's like. Oh, this this is an aggressive song right here. Or this next one's going to be really aggressive, but like with the with the orchestra, it just I've heard Kiss do it with a symphony. I've heard Metallica do it with the symphony. Yeah. There was just something weirdly different about it, but it was so goddamn good. And then I think it was a couple of nights before they did the same thing with the Colorado <laughs> Symphony Orchestra. Okay, um, uh, out in Denver, and I heard. I mean, I my. I, I don't know how that show went. I would imagine it was just as awesome. Uh, but it was just really cool. It was on the Bay in San Diego. The irony is that we just got back from San Diego Comic-Con, which is at the San Diego Convention Center, and this venue is right behind the convention center. <laughs> we were right back where we were two days ago. Uh, <laughs> nice. That was like one of those things where we're like, oh, my God, really? Why are we back here? But uh, but it was really cool. It's called the Rady Shell. Uh, I guess the maybe the family who bought it is called the Rady's. Yeah. But the, the – amphitheater is kind of shaped like a big shell and so it just has this incredible vibe to it It was just it was it really was if if anybody wants to see some of the video from it uh it's on my facebook on the rocoli facebook go check it out because it was so fucking good it really was It felt like i was part of a really special magical situation like i don't know i hope they do it in la but like whoever was in denver and san diego really got a really special show because uh it, I don't know how else to describe it. It was just fucking great. Nice. You know?
1: And yeah, by the time this episode comes out, I will have seen Incubus in Indianapolis. And then uh, the day the episode comes out, the mighty Pantera. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. I, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those. that's like, you know, this isn't really Pantera. This is a tribute. You know, like I get it. It's a tribute. It's a celebration, right? But, but I mean, let's just go have fun. Let's go see the fire. Let's go see the lights. Let's like hear those songs again live. Like, right? You, you gave me? I want.
2: I want to see Zach and Charlie playing these songs yeah. too. Like, I was when I. I don't know if this ever happened when you would see Pantera back in the day, but like in New York, somebody would always come out and play with them. Yeah. So it like Al Jurgensen or fucking Scott Ian or right. you know, somebody would always come out and do like some kind of encore, at, you know, with them. So it's like to me to have like Phil and Rex and then Zach and Charlie. I don't know. I, I feel like it's just a really cool vibe. Plus being a Kiss fan, I've always heard, you know, for decades, it's
0: right. not the like Kiss
2: without Ace and Peter. So, you know, to me, I'm kind of like, all right, like, you know get in line i've heard this i've heard that argument a million times about my favorite band you're gonna do that with pantera i'm like i'm happy to see them play these songs
1: yeah, yeah. i mean it was a treat when you saw like super play or whoever you know the yeah. illegals play yep. a, a pantera track and then they did the a vulgar display of pantera tribute with opening for slayer yep. and i saw that and it was still good but it, it was wasn't fun. it wasn't great but it was good and now I'm like I, I I want to see the spect because that was one thing about Pantera too was the you know it was the lights it was the fire it was the logo Dude, on fire it was you know the whole show so I mean like let's 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 go you know I can't yeah eat.
2: I I always loved when Pantera had the, the the drapes in front of the the stage yeah and they would just have like the laser you know the pentagrams and the weed mm-hmm. leaves and, and then they kick into like. Was it like uh, uh,
1: Suicide sorry. Note Part Two? Because yeah. they they would play Suicide Note Part One with right the, during the- yeah,
2: during the intro thing, and then yeah, and then the whole <laughs> thing would just drop, and it was just like man, it was like like I always said, it looked like somebody threw a grenade in the pit because it was just like bodies just flying every which way, you know? Uh, yeah, see, and that's kind of what I miss. I wanna I want that feeling, you know, when 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 we did when I did the Pantera guitars, uh, mm. the mini guitars, that was the whole vibe was. When we were seeing these shows back during Far Beyond and Vulgar and all that, man, nobody looked at the other person. And was like, "Did you vote for Walter Mondale?" Like nobody cared about who you voted for. Nobody cared about anything.
1: <laughs> I, I don't think Walter Mondale was on the ballot. That I year. know, whatever you know.
2: But it was like, but again, it's like even if you're whatever Bush versus Clinton or whatever, yeah. like nobody cared. We were all on a Pantera show. That's all that mattered, you know. And and whatever bullshit we sort of had on the outside, we didn't have on the inside when we were there watching them. And that was kind of the vibe I wanted to put in those guitars because I was like, those albums are just so special to each of us in a different way, you know? And it's kind of like, how do we want to remember those records, you know? And for me, it's like, that's how I feel about this thing. It's, it is, it's that celebration of like, remember when this, part this the whole thing didn't matter this drama that we're dealing with in the world didn't fucking matter we were all here watching these guys do this and i think that's that's the vibe i want to i'm going in with is that feeling
1: yeah i'm excited man i i uh you know i don't even know if i will be able to sleep the night before (laughs) because i think the last time i saw him would have been 2000 the actual i guess the year 2000 maybe two may It was yeah. It was two thousand with like uh, Morbid Angel, Nothing Face, and Supple or Soulfly.
2: Oh right, Soulfly. So, yeah,
1: like one of those last, one of those last hurrahs of, of Pantera. Man, I and it is kind of sad. I I kind of wish I would have known. You know that was going to be the last time I was going to actually see the the, the the real band. I guess.
2: Right. Because uh, yeah, they were done in what 01, I think right.
1: Yeah, they basically September eleventh was yeah, kind of a, was... kind of a nail in the coffin for them. Yeah.
2: I was like them in Japan or something like that. And then that was it.
1: Yeah. They were going to go to, they were set to fly to Ireland to start a tour with Slayer. And obviously nine 11 happens and they like, all right, well, we'll go home, basically go home and then we'll reconvene and basically never did until
0: yep.
2: well, that's a bummer, but it is a bummer. This will be, this will, I'm looking forward to the show. So yep. I don't care what anybody says. It's going to be fun. I'll talk your shit. I don't
0: care. <laughs> you know.
1: All right, man. Well, uh, let's dive into our interview um, with uh, with Freddie from A Way Out. And I think that will do it here for a new pod here on uh, Nodfest.com. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So, check out our interview with uh, A Way Out. And then, uh, if you see me in Indianapolis this weekend, come up and say hello. I think I'm gonna try to get a little. I, I saw. I, I posted that I'll be in Indy, and a few people going to the Pantera show kind of want to do a meetup. So, uh, so we'll meet up by like a by a by a beer tent somewhere and have a have a drink together. There you go. So yeah, just head over to the uh, Joshua Toomey Facebook page, and I'm, I will tell you where to meet me. Well, I'll, I'll drop a pin. How about that? There you go. <laughs> well, Sounds cool. Good to me awesome man well i'm glad you're back glad you're uh, glad san diego comic-con was okay for you and you you yep. made it through You've, you i
2: made, made it barely through. but i made it
1: <laughs> to the other side uh so for new pod i've been Joshua Toomey. that's ro coley and this is our interview with a way out Yay-o. all these
0: voices are signing for you
1: Welcome, Freddie Garza of A Way Out to the uh, new pod here, NotFest.com. Freddie, man, how are we doing today?
3: I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys for having me. For sure.
1: Man, I have to say, you know, diving into these songs, you know, you've definitely, uh, you know, kind of fit the mold of the the new pod, the new era, all of these, you know, newer bands kind of coming out with kind of like a classic sound mixed with like a a newer energy going on, man. So kind of talk about, uh, you know, maybe how the band got together and maybe some influences on the band.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, So we have all kind of known each other for like the span of, you know, 10 plus years. Uh, Me and Josh, the vocalist, we used to play together in a band, uh, you know, back around like 2010, 2011. Um, uh, And then our drummer, Rob, played a bunch of shows with him and, you know, the band that he was in. Same thing with our bass player, who's also named Josh. Um, Hmm. So, you know, we kind of grew up through that local scene and, you know, has just remained friends over the years and you know with this new project that we've been working on we all just like came together collectively and you know we're trying to hit it as hard as we can
1: nice and uh the video for the song a way out which is nice i mean you you got the band name you got the song first album <laughs> has to be called a way out you know so you can have song band and uh and album title man but yeah, yeah. just kind of watching the video um Obviously, high production value things like that. So, I mean, how is it for you to kind of just sit back and and a? Do you like doing the process of the video and then b? You know, kind of the finished product with the little mini intro and and everything else going on. Man, it's got to be awesome to see that on the on the on the big screen.
3: Yeah, definitely. And you know, like it, it's very surreal. You know, like you know, we were in LA back in January filming everything. You know, we did three music videos in a span of two days, and. Oh. You know, we all put in, you know, the hours to, you know, to make those videos happen and, like, to actually see the finished products. Like, they're beyond anything that we could have hoped for. So we're really happy with how these are turning out. It It's awesome.
2: Right. I mean, I saw that, you know, you guys really kind of, formed in 2018 uh i mean yeah obviously 2018 to 2020 was you know you guys doing what you do but then how how did the pandemic really did the pandemic help of like kind of help you guys out did it feel like it pushed you guys back or or, or really kind of revitalize you guys almost like you know take a step to be able to take that step back and and really yeah. look at it from a bird's eye view
3: yeah honestly i think it, it probably was maybe a little of both you know like it you know it was really uh something different for everybody you know during the height of the pandemic you know not being able to see people or get together you know basically having to learn you know how to live in a new world almost but in a way I definitely feel like it helped us you know kind of take things at a pace where we could really like make sure and analyze are we happy with what we have you know and kind of lay out a plan like okay once we get things going we can have this 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 ready to go so I think it really helped us planning wise, as far as, you know, once we were going to be releasing the music and just kind of, you know, going from there. Right on.
1: You know, one thing I noticed about the video too, is, is you're, you're playing at least a strat version of a strat, it's, you know, you're not playing yeah. like a eight string, super detuned guitar, man. So, I mean, like in, in the landscape of, of music, it seems like right now, like the more strings, the better. And it, and it, it was almost refreshing to just kind of see a regular guitar
3: thanks man um, I, i'm kind of the same way uh i've never really been big on seven eight string guitars i've always been like six strings for me um so the guitar that I'm playing in the video is a it's a squire body with a fender baritone neck right. which, you know for that low tuning okay um but yeah i've always been you know more geared towards six strings and if i can just have that longer scale to compensate versus adding another string i mean I'm a big fender like strap fan so you know, it's a win-win for me.
1: As we were talking earlier, we, we were talking about Metallica and things like that. And, you know, talking about one of your favorite bands of all time. I mean, growing up, were, were you, you know, what, what was your era of Metallica that you kind of came in on?
3: Uh, so when I got into Metallica, um, I had a friend in middle school who had like this Burton CD that was like a mix of Metallica songs. Nice. So like the very first song on that CD was Enter Sandman, And then the next song was fuel. Okay. Um, there are songs like One, Wherever I May Run. So it's kind of a mix of like Black Album and Load Era okay. with some uh, like Kill 'Em All and Injustice for All stuff. So I kind of got introduced to everything all at once. Um, but with Metallica, I really like dived into the Black Album, went backwards, and then worked my way forwards from there.
2: So when you, I mean, to, to kind of stick on the Metallica thing, when you heard the Black Album versus when you go backwards and you hear Kill 'Em All, I mean, you know, I, I kind of come from, and probably Josh does too. You know, from kind of sort of the opposite standpoint, where you kind of <laughs> went from your ride the lightnings into your master of puppets, into your angels, yeah. into your black album, going backwards. How was that kind of transition? Were you like, whoa, too fast, too much, or were did you were you like, oh, fucking, this this makes a lot more sense, or you know, kind of kind of like that? I was I was kind of curious about that going going backwards with Metallica in a way.
3: Yeah, you know, like, thinking back on it now, like, uh, especially, like, listening to a mix CD, like, I could hear the difference in, like, obviously these, like, listening now, like, obviously these songs are from different albums. But, you know, listening to, like, a mix CD like that at the time for me was like, wow, this band is, like, so diverse. They do so much. It didn't really occur to me, like, I was listening to Metallica at different points in time. Oh, gotcha. So I think when I went backwards, it was just kind of expanding on what like I was already liking, and so it didn't really like uh, the, like I said, the points in time didn't really register to me like Fair they well. would now probably. Right, mm. it just
2: wasn't as apparent. Um, yeah. As far as as far as the you know obviously the name of the band and and the name of the album and the song and everything like that. I mean that that kind of um, lyrical content was very reminiscent of the old school of what we call new metal. You know, kind of. Uh, um, you know, just the the substance, the the, the subject yeah. matter, rather. You know, uh, is does that come from? Does it come from kind of more the influences on the music part, or or like kind of what are the, some of the influences just in your own life that have kind of led to the the, the subject matter of the band?
3: Right, right. I know uh, musically, it's uh, definitely you know past influences that we have. Like we all kind of grew up through the new metal era, so like bands like Slipknot, Corn. Limp Biscuit—they were huge for us. Lincoln Park, of course, they were huge for us through that period. So I think it's really cool that we can, especially nowadays with like the resurgence, if you will, of new metal. It's it's really awesome to be able to bring in those elements in a modern way um, lyrically. Uh, Josh, you know, he really pours his heart and soul into the lyrics. So a lot of the lyrics that you will read, you know, are past experiences, whether they're literal story that he's telling or just kind of summarizing, you know, things that he feels other people can relate to. But yeah, man, it, he, like I said, he really pours his heart and souls into the lyrics that he writes. Nice.
1: When you see some of the lyrics kind of coming out of him, are you, are you like, dude, do you really want to get this out there? Do you want to let people know this about you or do you, are you kind of on board with, with letting him kind of bear a soul like that?
3: right yeah absolutely um because i feel like for as long as i know josh and the lyrics that he's written you know in the past he's definitely matured in his lyric writing and he definitely has a poetry if you will to writing you know very much like a a jim morrison or i know like back then he was really big on uh, michael bone who was you know of what was me and issues um the way he writes his lyrics. Uh, it's almost like a poetry and i feel like josh you know very much does something in his own way you know in that kind of style
1: so so when you guys are writing music do do you send him riff ideas play him stuff and then he he pulls out the notebook and you know says like all right this will fit here this will fit there i need eight more bars of that you know are you are you guys kind of you know attacking songs that way
3: yeah, we definitely write in our own free times, you know, especially because, uh, well, I mean, me being here in San Antonio, our bass player here is also in San Antonio. Rob is in Las Vegas, and Josh is just recently moving back to Texas, but he's going to be in Brownsville. So we definitely don't have that luxury of coming together to write, so we definitely do write in our own time, kind of show each other, um, hey, you know, what do you think about this riff that I wrote? um you know what kind of vocals do you hear over it or you know i send guitar parts to rob see what he thinks you know drum wise what could work what could be different yeah we definitely will send our ideas to each other and see how we feel like we can better them until we're able to come together and really like you know try and make a song out of it
2: are there are there any uh because I know that there's a lot of uh, there's a fair amount of like kind of electronica kind of uh, uh, mm-hmm. vibes in there too is the, what else have you guys been trying to experiment with because I mean it's it's easy to kind of fall into the new metal trap if you will the you know the, yeah. whole, the, the borders that that hold new metal together in a way uh, that that sort of prevent people from trying new stuff what what new types of stuff are you trying to introduce into this whole into the whole thing
3: um, I feel like we're trying to um, incorporate also elements of, you know, a little more electronic. Uh, Like me personally, I would like to do like more like lo-fi stuff, not specifically lo-fi, but like of those elements, um, I want to try and, you know, incorporate as many different elements as possible. Um, But as far as, you know, what we're really trying to go for, it it really just, we kind of just write and just go with the feel. Um, without trying to really think of what, what genre we're trying to write to. You right. know, just write what feels good to us.
1: A DJ shows up in the bridge. Is that <laughs> is that actual DJ? Is that guitar scratching? Like, what's going on there?
3: Uh, I wasn't there for that part in the studio, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, <laughs> I want to say probably DJ guitar scratching. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not too sure, but I think it's a really sick part.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's crazy that... that over the years you know the new metal term was a bad thing and then all of a sudden there's like metalcore bands like with djs like on certain tracks and stuff and you're just like for the year for years you know if you popped up with a dj you're probably gonna get made fun of and now like some of the heaviest stuff out there you know yeah. they'll throw some dj stuff into it. it's pretty crazy how you know kind of where we are in in the uh, in the world of music yeah
3: definitely
2: um have you guys toured a whole lot uh around, uh, around the country or not not so much
3: Um, as a way out, we have not toured yet. Uh, we probably won't be looking into doing shows maybe until sometime in 2024. Once we have some more songs out, we are a little more like established and, you know, so we can get ready for actually playing shows. Um, as far as, uh, individually or in past projects, I know, uh, our bass player, Josh was in a band called Red Lent and he did some touring, um, you know, here in the country. Uh, you know, me Josh and Rob I you know here the shows here and there throughout the different states but nothing like major no no like big tours just like you know gone for a few days type of thing right uh, yeah and that and that's kind of like where we've been before in the past but you know we definitely want to see where we can go in the future when we for do sure. start playing shows
2: are there bands that you 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 feel like it would be uh, not 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 like a dream tour for you guys because it's always easy to be like oh Rage Against Machine <laughs> or fucking Corn you know but like <laughs> yeah. but like who 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 do you see as as more like contemporaries that you could really see yourself on tour with?
3: Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I know like we uh, like uh, bands like you know Catch Your Breath and Of Virtues. You know some of these newer bands that are up and coming like or like from Ashes to New. Mm-hmm. um bad omens I, some you know some bands are a little more further along than others but you know uh definitely feel like bands that we can see ourselves like possibly being on tour with you know or would hope to be on tour with one day right
1: obviously being a newer band and, and releasing you know like tracks you know one at a time every every few you know weeks months however you're mm-hmm. going to do it i mean do you do you like that model or do you wish you know you could just release a 12 track right. album tomorrow and and really be able to push it all <coughs> at once
3: yeah, definitely. I mean, especially for the fact that we do have, you know, a good amount of songs ready to go. Um, but I feel like in today's day and age, you really got to do things strategically. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have like uh, a plan to like market your material. And so, as hard as it is, I think we're. Tr- I feel like we're trying to go about this the best way that we can in you know releasing you know song every few weeks. You know, gives. You know, give people something to listen to and, you know, then drop something new before they fall off and just kind of keep them hooked, you know, rather than, you know, dropping everything that we have at once.
1: Do do you feel like there's a, uh, maybe a side of it that maybe you know you feel like you're more of a marketing manager than an actual band member you know they're like all right i gotta i gotta post uh, to, on instagram at 9 a.m because that's the best time for a post on instagram but facebook is two thirty, <laughs> so make sure you do you know and you know like josh bass player josh singer you got to do this that and the other thing and make sure you're up on twitter and you know oh uh you know, this this new social media pops up threads you got to do you know are you um, yeah. are you worried about doing all of that or you, or do you wish you could just maybe focus more on the music and not have to be, you know, online all day long to push? Uh, it?
3: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I feel like we would all love to be able to focus solely on the music, um, you know, but the way things are today, it you know, you got to be very much heavily involved in your socials. And we're learning that, um, you know, we're trying to be on our socials posting, you know, kind of like you said, exactly that, like figuring out when are the best times to post. What platforms should we be posting on and interacting with? So it's definitely a learning curve for us. Um, And we're trying to, you know, stick with that. So that way we can continue to grow, you know, our fan base, you know, keep our listeners. Uh, So, but yeah, we would love to just solely focus on the music. But like I said, you know, with the way things are now, you got to also keep up, you know, your social presence as well.
2: right. Do you, do you have a plan for the album? I mean, do you have, do you, I like, I, I know that we have the two songs and you said you have a bunch of songs, but like, do you have an album titled or, you know, it, it, do you kind of have already kind of the, the layout of kind of how you want to do things or is everything still very much in that beginning stages of step-by-step?
3: Uh, yeah, we're, we're still have things as far as a step-by-step um, basis, as far as maybe the next three songs, but uh, you know, long, long-term as far as albums go, we haven't really discussed too much about that or what a game plan would that for be. Um, really just kind of taking it song by song. And like I said, maybe for And that's probably the plan for maybe the next three songs. And, you know, around that time, we're probably looking at a new year to where we can start discussing possible albums. You know, are we going to start playing live shows? What's going to happen going forward? All right, right all right man well um what's
1: the best place for everybody to kind of keep up with uh with a way out and uh you know follow you and make sure that they they keep up with all of the you know new releases and things like that and tiktok dances and everything else you guys are gonna have to do
3: <laughs> we're we're on all social platforms uh at a way out band so we're on instagram facebook tiktok twitter youtube uh we have a twitch We'll you know we plan to start you know start things going and being more active on but really uh, we try anyone who's messaging us or you know wanting to know more about us. We're trying to respond, get back to them. But yeah, definitely, uh, all platforms a way out, Ben.
1: Well, Freddie, man, thanks for taking some time here. Uh, NewPodNotFest dot com.
3: Yeah. All right, thanks so much, guys. Thanks, dude.
1: Cool. All right, man. Take care. Have a good yeah, night, you guys. Too.